Welcome back, everybody. This is Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regler. Alex, I know you're a little under the weather, so we won't keep you long. We're here recording on a Tuesday night. Um, first of all, besides your health, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I think uh, I work at a school, and I really enjoy it. But I think one of the side effects of working at a school is you have to deal with like 30 kids, and they constantly cough and sneeze and stuff, and they got me sick for sure. So, uh, But besides that, I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well, dude. I had whatever you are going through. I've seen so many people have it. I had it last week. I flew from Miami, and there was a lot of people in masks. Obviously, the the whole coronavirus thing is going around. Obviously, not going around, but you know what I mean. And people, there's just like the flu is crazy. I don't, like everybody seems to be sick. I don't know what something's in the air for sure. Because, like I said, everyone at my school's sick. A lot of my family's sick. I don't know. Hopefully, it's just. Uh... Like a rough stretch and we feel better. I think we need the All-Star break as much as the Lakers do. Yeah, the All-Star break is this weekend. The Lakers do play on Wednesday against the Nuggets, the second-place Nuggets, who've won four in a row. We'll talk about that here uh, in this episode of Taco Tuesday. We'll talk about uh, some stuff I heard on the radio today, which I thought was funny. Um, but we're going to start off um, with Kyle Kuzma, I think, <coughs> because... I don't know who tweeted this, and I know it was someone from uh, Silver Screen and Roll, but I don't remember exactly. But there was a there was a particular lineup finishing a game, or in with the Suns because there was a blowout on Monday. But uh, there was a lineup, but I believe it was AD, LeBron, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, and Kyle Kuzma, and so and they said we need to see a lot more of this lineup. And I just thought it got me thinking. That we need to see a lot more, in my opinion, and you could disagree or not agree with me. We need to see a lot more of Kyle Kuzma to finish games. And I know there's been players that are playing better than him some games, and Frank Vogels tends to kind of go with whoever's playing best. I'm going to roll with this. But we're getting down. There's 20 games left for the Lakers. And I don't know what the, the – I guess it's called – we talked about it in the offseason, the death lineup. I still don't know what the Lakers' death lineup, their best scenario is. <laughs> but to me, it has to include Kyle Kuzma because he was the chosen one. Like, we're not trading him. And then in this trade deadline, they didn't want to trade him again. So clearly the Lakers either value him or, or whatever it is. But Kyle Kuzma needs to be playing more. And even if it costs you a game or two, he, we need to see what he does to finish every single game for a while. And I don't know if you agree with me, but I just think he's going to be so important in the playoffs. His scoring is going to be needed that we need to see more of him. I agree. Like, if nothing else, it's it gets a chance for AD to play the five because, you know, Kuz is one of the few guys on the roster that's six foot nine. You know, like, he's a guy who could play the four, the three, guard multiple positions. He allows Davis to play the center, like I said. So, we do need to see a lineup where Kuz is out there and he can kind of prove that he's worth getting those minutes in crunch time and when the playoffs come because, like you said, we haven't really established a closing lineup. Frank Vogel is, as like to this point, just kind of rides whoever the hot hand is. And if that's Bradley one night, if that's Green, that's Kuz, like that's who he's going to roll with. There's no death lineup. There's no closing lineup. It's just kind of a see how the game goes. And 
that's good and all. Like they've got the best record in the West because of it. But in the playoffs, that's a different, you know, whole different animal. And I think they do need to establish at least some chemistry there because Kuz and AD and LeBron have been really good this year. Like in terms of their plus minus, like they've been one of the best trios in the league. But the problem is they haven't played at all like together. And that's something that's I think has to change, like you said. Yeah, I just think it's going to be. I listen. I understand the regular season. The Lakers are playing, you know, twelve guys sometimes. But once the playoff comes, you're not going to see a twelve man rotation. It just doesn't happen. But Kyle Kuzma is going to be in the rotation, and I understand that he's like a a flow shooter. Like he likes mm-hmm. to have a flow. He likes to shoot a lot, and that's when he has his best games. But he need, that's my point is that he needs to learn to maximize his his game. When he's not getting 20 shots a game, he needs to learn to be active off the ball, rebounding, whatever it is that he's doing. Um, he needs to get that experience with LeBron on the floor, with AD on the floor, and whoever else you want to close it with, whether it's Avery Bradley or whoever, doesn't really matter besides AD and LeBron. But I think Kuzma is really going to matter. And I, I think we assume that Danny Green's probably going to be in the closing lineup just because he's shooting. But yeah, man, I mean, there's 20 games left. Not a lot of games left. And I still think there's a lot of questions for the Lakers as far as, I guess, their bench goes. But as far as what roster really is going to play in the playoffs, when you like watch ESPN or all the uh, the national networks, and that's what they're talking about. Is the Lakers bench good enough or is the Lakers roster good enough to win the NBA Finals? And we're at that point now where we're going to have those conversations. We kind of know who's good. The trade deadline's passed. The, the All-Star break's coming. But... Um, I just have a lot of questions about Kyle Kuzma that I thought would have been answered by now. And I know he got injured in the beginning, but they're just not answered for me yet. Like, how do you feel he's played since the trade deadline? Like, his name was in, you know, a ton of rumors. We all kind of expected he might be moved. I kind of had a feeling he might be moved with all the rumors that were coming up. But he's still on the team. How do you think he's played since then? Because I, I think he's done a little better job rebounding myself. Like, I thought he's he's been more active, but it's still inconsistent. But do you think he's showing what you said, like impacting the game outside of just scoring. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like, you, like you just said, it's inconsistent. You know, yeah. it's not, he doesn't have that consistency um, <clears throat> that you would kind of like to see. You would like to see him, av- you know, score 18 a game, you know, something like that. Uh, rebound eight to a six to eight a game. I know that's big numbers, but that's kind of what I was expecting from him. And I, I know the Lakers aren't first, but I still think the Lakers were expecting that from Kyle Kuzma expecting him to be the third guy but really it's just on a game-to-game basis i was looking at just some random stats um with the clippers and then obviously the nuggets that they play tomorrow the clippers have six guys that average double digit points wow i think they added marcus morris which is like seven now um and they are the top scoring team in the league i believe if not second and the nuggets have five guys that average double digits and 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 points lakers have three and I know LeBron and AD in the playoffs is a different animal, and we're talking regular season right now. But you know, Kyle Kuzma's the third guy at twelve, uh, almost thirteen points a game. But it's kind of, hasn't it been the question since the season even started? Is like where are the points coming from after LeBron and AD? And I don't think we've answered those questions yet. I think and, we've and, talked. To, we've talked about this every single episode. It feels like yeah, it feels like it. Um, but yeah, like you said, like I have no idea who's going to be the third leading scorer from a night-to-night basis with this team. Like lately, it's been Avery Bradley, but I mean, he's his shooting's been off and on. Like it's been on lately, but it's for a while there was KCP, and like mm-hmm. it should have been Kuz. And I feel like Kuz, 
I wonder how Kuz is taking it also because he's a guy we know he's very confident in his game and stuff like that, but he also seems like a guy who gets rattled pretty easily. And if he's a guy who kind of, like you said, he's a very, he's a rhythm player. And like when he's going, he goes, but when he's bad, he kind of stays bad. So I wonder how much this has impacted him because it's it's been a rough season for him just in terms of his role, in terms of like where he gets his shots from. His shots are not really falling. He's not getting a lot of attempts a game. So I don't know, I just hope when the playoffs come, he has like a, a different mindset and just tries to do things that he can impact this game without scoring because if his scoring doesn't come, like, I don't know where that third option is. Yeah. I think playoff basketball is a lot different. I just kind of want these answers, these questions answered before we get there. Cause you never know. Like what if you play the Blazers in the first round and we saw what Damian Lillard can do and the Lakers don't have anybody to stop Damian Lillard. The Lakers are struggle with against Russell Westbrook recently as well. Like there's so many issues that the Lakers have not issues, just like holes that the Lakers have that you kind of want them to be answered before we get to the playoffs. And, and I just feel like we are at the stage 20 games left. And I still feel the exact same way about the Lakers as I did before the season even started. Like same I, here. Like, like, like I, I have the nothing's same exact changed. sentiment. Like I actually just wrote about this. Um, like, the, like I, I think you brought up a good point. Like they have holes, and I think the the issue is their holes in terms of their weaknesses are kind of the top tier, like the top tier teams. Like those, that's their strengths. Like we struggle against big physical wings, but like if we look at the top teams around the league, like the Bucks, they have big physical wings. The Clippers, they have big physical wings. So it's we're gonna have to kind of fix this or address this soon. And all I mean, there's not really any other options to do that now that the trade deadline's passed. So I am a little afraid. Um, they kind of missed their chance there to improve, at least kind of fix some of those weaknesses. But we have to hope when the playoffs come, they kind of just buckle down and hopefully they can, I don't know, LeBron can kind of save them. And AD just proves that he's really good in the playoffs because he has been good in the playoffs when he's when he's been there. I am glad the Lakers stayed pat, though, before the trade deadline. At least for what was reported, I, I am glad that they stayed where they were at. I don't think trading away, was it, what did they want, Kuzma? Green, Green and and Boogie Cousins was I that what there they was, wanted? There's two packages. I mean, that's just from one report. But I guess the the main one that a lot of people said that the Lakers turned down was the Knicks wanted um, Danny Green and Kyle Kuzma and potentially a second round pick for Marcus yeah. Morris, and that's just way too much. It's just like I don't see where that makes you better. You know, the, the Clippers just had more to offer. It's just that simple. And I think the Clippers got better. I think they added someone that can defend you know maybe go up against anthony davis i guess like he's he can definitely you know as far as toughness goes there's not someone that mark that morris can't guard on the lakers like obviously the matchups is all different but um i just i know that another thing we always talk about every podcast for us is like talking about the clippers but i just think we're going that way you know like we're gonna go lakers clippers somewhere in the playoffs it just feels like these two trains are going to collide eventually and Obviously, we didn't get the third matchup that we were going to get with the Lakers and the Clippers because of the Kobe passing. But, um, you know, the first two didn't go so great. So it would just be interesting. And then, yeah, you talk about the Bucks. I mean, is there really anybody other than those two teams that, like, really worry you if the Lakers play? Obviously, if they play the Bucks, it's in the finals. But is there any other team in the West that you see you're like, damn, that's a bad matchup? In terms of the West, like I don't think so. Like, I, 
like I know Houston beat the Lakers the other night, but I'm not really scared of Houston. I think in a seven game series, I don't think they can beat the Lakers. And like Utah is good. Like I don't, again, I don't know where that scoring is going to come like for them down the stretch. And I think the only other team in the league really is probably the, the Sixers. Cause again, they're really, really big and they're one of the only teams who can actually match up with the Lakers in terms of their size and stuff in the interior. So I think, like we said, I think it's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers at some point in the playoffs. And if it doesn't happen, then one of those teams got upset in one of those mm-hmm. earlier rounds probably. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, by the way, the Sixers are beating the Clippers at this moment 110 to 100 on a night that Joel Embiid got booed in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun That's a fun storyline to follow. Uh, um, but yeah, this is Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla at AlexPadilla86 on Twitter. It's Alex Regla at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Um, can we promote your newsletter? Because I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> because I, uh, obviously everyone knows the changes that happen on Silver Screen and Roll. Um, you were a writer for them, and obviously the new laws in California uh, change a lot of things. But what are you doing now? It's exciting. I subscribed by the way, and I got the first edition. Awesome! I saw that. I could actually see who signs up and stuff, so it's cool. Nice. Um, yeah. So thankfully, I still pod with you on the site, so I'm really happy I get to at least still be a part of it somehow. But in terms of my writing, I'm gonna be. I started a newsletter. It's called Throwdowns. I have all the info on my Twitter, and um, it's about the Lakers. The first issue is about the Lakers and potential buyout candidates and kind of about these weaknesses we were talking about earlier. Um, the second issue is going to be out tomorrow. So when you maybe when you hear this, it'll be out and it's about uh, wrestling and actually kind of an intersection between wrestling and sports. I think a lot of people might be interested in. So yeah, if you subscribe, it, I would really appreciate it. How do people it. subscribe? Uh, you can either go to throwdowns.substack.com or if you just go to my like Twitter, it's pinned on my uh, right on the top page of my Twitter thing, and I tweet about it like nonstop just to kind of get the word out. So yeah. if you follow me or if you just look me up on Twitter, you'll you'll see me tweeting about it at Alex M Regla on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do it, dude. Everybody, do it. That's listening to this right now. Hook them up. Um, but yeah, I was listening to the radio this morning, which I don't do too often, um, but I was and. I tuned into Colin Cowherd. Are you familiar with Colin Cowherd? I've heard of him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. It's now. It's now football season is over, so now you kind of get to see which national hosts have been paying attention to basketball, which a lot of them don't during the football season. And I'm in sports radio. I get it. I really. If it wasn't for this podcast, I would now be like, all right, it's basketball season, you know. Um. But I just thought it was curious. I, I just thought it was funny because he was talking about the Lakers. And of all the things to talk about with the Lakers right now, with the with them make, making no moves, Darren Collison staying retired, Anthony Davis having a Defensive Player of the Year type year, LeBron, you know, he's back from injury and looks exactly the same as he always has. There's so many things to talk about with the Lakers, right? And he goes with that he watched last night and he noticed something and his conclusion was that Rajon Rondo hates Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> Because he never passes him the ball. Now, <clears throat> you kind of break down numbers more than I do, and I don't even know where to find this, but do Rondo and Kuzma play on the lineup a lot together? Because I feel like they don't. 
They do. Like I, they I think do? every like if you look up rotations and stuff like like a game to game, minute to minute basis, you, you can see which players play when when they okay. get paired with each other and it's almost automatically that that second quarter mostly is a cut and a rondo. Yeah. Okay. Well maybe I'm not paying attention and I'm slamming Cowherd for no reason, but still. He said because he said Rondo never passes him the ball, and now Rondo hates him. And Rondo plays every game with a purpose, with an agenda, is what he said. And what's his his evidence? Does he have like that he doesn't pass him the ball? Oh, okay. So he watched one game and he literally, yeah, literally said because he doesn't pass him the ball. Okay. I mean, to be fair, I the Rondo Kuzma fit hasn't been great, but I don't think it's but what's been what personal agenda. But what's been what's been a great fit with Rondo? That's a great point. Maybe he hates everyone on the team. Maybe yeah. that's the agenda. I don't know. I just think I know Rondo just had a season high on Monday against the Suns. But like, I think everybody that listens to any of the podcasts on this network know that Rondo's not necessarily a strength of the team, and that he <laughs> is a big kind of he he has he highlights the issues that this team has and why the team was going after Darren Collison, right? Exactly. Speaking of Rondo, though. Did you notice who didn't get minutes because of his big game against Phoenix? Was it Caruso? It was Caruso. He played five <laughs> minutes and it was garbage time. Yeah. Plus. yeah. I'm I'm nervous about this. I think Vogel, like you said, I think with 20 games left. So I can't believe it's only 20 games left. But with 20 games left, um, oh wait, like 30 games left. Is it 30? 30 games. 30 games, yeah. I, I think he is going to eventually kind of shorten the rotation. So guys like Cook. Daniels, Dudley, they're probably not going to get much playing time. They were really anyway, but I do wonder if Caruso, if his minutes start to shrink and they do start kind of giving Rondo more minutes and kind of seeing if this playoff Rondo thing is real or not because I don't know, like Collison was kind of their really last chance there to improve and give them a guy who could actually play like over Rondo. Um, I wrote in that newsletter we talked about if Reggie Jackson somehow becomes available. I think he'd be a great, great addition, and I think he has enough kind of name cachet that he could play over Rondo. But I am a little nervous about Caruso's minutes going forward. If hopefully it was just a one-time thing, and maybe he was injured or something, but it's something to keep an eye on. I said in the offseason, man, Vogel's going to give Rondo a chance, and if Rondo does anything, and for some reason, I don't know if we're all seeing it wrong and or whatever, but. I just kind of got the vibe that Vogel's going to go with the veteran. I don't think he trusts Caruso as much. As much as everybody was talking very glowingly about Caruso, LeBron calling him a luxury, I think that's a luxury that's not going to get used in the playoffs, really. Yeah, and I, I get it. Like Especially for last game, like Rondo had his best game of the year, basically. So he was on fire. So I get him like playing a lot of minutes. Like, yeah, you, you play Rondo if he's making every single shot. But... um. It just goes back to the point of, like you said, like I'm not sure where Caruso currently stands in the rotation in terms of his minutes, and like he he's not the greatest point guard. Like we've seen that in in the training camp and the preseason, and when he's had chance at point guard. So I get why they do they they do usually play Rondo with Caruso when he does play because they do more need more of a traditional ball handler, and Caruso's not the greatest ball handler or kind of creator out there, but he is a really good defender. And I think that's something this team really does need. So it's just something to keep an eye on. Uh, I don't know if Rondo actually hates Kuzma or not, but <laughs> he plays like it, I guess. I bring it up jokingly just because I just thought it was funny of all the things, you know, to start talking about the Lakers. You just make a random observation and run with it on national radio. 
All right, Alex, will the Lakers take on the Nuggets tonight? If you're listening on Wednesday, uh, tip-off from Denver is at 7 p.m. The Nuggets come into the game with a four-game win streak. The Lakers, though, have the best road record in the NBA. They're 22-5. and five. Um, This could easily be a Western Conference final if the Clippers get knocked off somewhere. Um, so this is a very interesting game. Uh, they've split the first two, one and one, but LeBron didn't play the one in Los Angeles. Um, how do you see this matchup going? It looks like everybody should be playing. I think AD was listed as probable. Um, how do you see this game playing out on Wednesday? I mean, it should be a good contest. Like you said, Denver's really good. I, we didn't talk about them earlier as a possible threat to the Lakers, but I mean, they're really good. Like, it's going to be at home. That's always a tough place for the Lakers to play against Denver. Um, I'm interested to see how they kind of contain Jamal Murray this game. And mm-hmm. I think kind of see who they put on him in a, just as a preview for a playoff series. Like I think they'll probably go Bradley or Green against Murray, but I'm curious to see how well they can uh, kind of contain him. He's killing it. He's averaging over 28 points in the last four in this four-game win streak. Yeah, like he, like I said, he and Jokic are just awesome. Like they're yeah. they're a really fun team to watch, and they're one of the, like one of those teams who are really deep also. And I think that sometimes gives the Lakers some issues because like the bench, as we've talked about before, is not very good for the Lakers. Like very inconsistent. So it's gonna be a tough contest. It's one of those games against kind of the top teams that the Lakers have kind of struggled with all year. Kind of those beating those really good playoff type teams. So it's a good test for the Lakers to. Do to you, finish strong and go into the break with some momentum. Do you have the top of your head? I, I and I probably should look this up myself. Do you know uh, the Lakers' record versus playoff teams this year? I I know they're above five hundred. Last time I checked, I think they're. Um, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but I think they are one of the better teams against like playoff like above five hundred teams. But the only issue is they've kind of lost against teams like the Clippers in Milwaukee. So I think that that does kind of build a narrative that they are a bit kind of not soft, but they do struggle against like the elite elite teams. But against like the uh, Utahs and Houston's of the world, like they can win those games. But Denver is really good. Like this will still be a really really good win if they could pull it out. Mm-hmm, for sure, I like these. Um, <clears throat> I like these matchups when the opposing team has a dominant center because I feel like the Lakers dominate those games, and I know. Um, and it's just because they have all the they have size, you know, it's t- size that teams don't have. Um, and and Jokic, I know he's really good. Um, it's I like watching how McGee and Howard and AD like match up versus like a a team that only has like one All Star guy like like Jokic. Like it's just like a really interesting matchup to me. Like I like seeing that. You know, Jokic, like, every time he's there, he's either going up against Dwight, he's going up against JaVale, he might even go up against AD. I think, though, that it's just an interesting thing to keep an eye out uh, for Wednesday's game. For sure. And, like, and we kind of talked about this before, but, like, Dwight didn't even play against Houston. Like, that's a tough matchup for him because they go so small. They are so small now, like, now with the trade and everything. So, but against a team like Denver, yeah, like, now you can use your size to kind of combat Jokic, like you, like you said, you have that trio of Howard, Dwight, um, Howard, McGee, and AD. So it'll be kind of interesting to see like the types of looks they give them and stuff. And Millsap's another big guy they have and really good defender. So this is kind of one of the few games where the Lakers can actually use their size against opposing elite players who are also bigs. They haven't really seen a lot of those because they're kind of dying out now in the NBA. This is the uh, this is the stat that I saw earlier that 
uh, Lakers record versus 500 teams and above is 14 and 10. Um, which is not terrible. Like you no. take away, you take away the Bucks and the Celtics. That's a really good record. Like the Clippers have the same record against teams 500 and above. Um, that just means the Lakers are taking care of business against all the crap teams. They're 26 and two versus uh, teams below 500. Exactly. Like I, I think those 10 losses. You hear 10 losses. Like oh, that's a lot. But uh, like you said, the Clippers very similar record. They just lost to the Sixers. So like it's it's hard to beat good teams. Like that's not a like a like a big yeah. uh, like revolution like revol- like revelation. But yeah, like I, I think they against a team like Denver who's in second place, it could be a potential playoff matchup for sure. Like I think they want to at least win going to the break with some momentum for sure. Uh, the Lakers only have one game before the All Star break, so I will ask you the question that I ask you every week. But except this time, I'm going to ask you: Who wins, Team LeBron or Team Giannis? Oh, that's easy. Team, team LeBron, like, and it's not even close. It's not Team Giannis. That that's a pretty rough. I mean, it's all All Star, so they're all good and stuff. But yeah, Team LeBron kind of crushed that for sure. But it's going to be interesting to see what the score is after three. And if the players are confused by the new rules or not, you know, I'm what I mean? confused like, with the new rules. I don't even know what the new rules really what they are, what they so mean. So I think, I think I have it right, but I could be wrong too. Let's say it's Team LeBron 100, and Team Giannis is at 90. Right? Let's just say that's the okay. Score. I believe the win. There's no like. Sh- there's no time after that. In the fourth quarter, it's just like. Whoever scores 24 points first wins. But since Giannis is down 10, they have to score 34. Oh, that's interesting. I think. And I could be wrong because I said there was 20 games left in the season. But there's 30 because I'm terrible at math because I went to journalism school. Um, So I could be wrong there. But I think that's how it works, which will be interesting um, to see, like, is everyone going to play hard? the whole way through just because they know or I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it'll be interesting just to see like a new format for sure. Like I kind of like when like different leagues kind of experiment with this type of stuff. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Alex, I hope you feel better by the next time we talk on Tuesday. You guys subscribe anywhere that podcasts are at. Subscribe to this podcast, uh, Lakers Silver Screen and Roll. This is Taco Tuesday. You could follow Alex Regla at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. Subscribe to his newsletter. New one coming out on Wednesday. So by the time you hear it, you'll get a fresh one. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Alex, feel better, bro. Thank you, man.